are now listening to What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the War Report podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little baseball. Auburn has made the NCAA tournament. Another team from the state has not. Before we get into it, quick word from our sponsors. Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close, uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. Well, guys... Auburn's done it. Not only have they made the NCAA tournament, but against all odds, they are hosting. They are hosting a regional. Uh, Brandy, this was memes to like, guys, this was it's kind of a shock, right? I felt like the writers were really down on our chances of, of being able to host. And then lo and behold, they picked us like why the sudden turn of events? Yeah, a lot of people, including myself, thought that with our loss in the series there are two losses in the series against Kentucky and then our early exit in the SEC tournament that we wouldn't have the opportunity to host and a lot of national writers like Kendall Rogers and platforms like D1 Baseball which those are two media platforms for baseball that a lot of people rely on for their news they were projecting Auburn to be um to not host um but we snuck in there so there's 16 host teams and we are the 14th seed so we were able to sneak in there, and I think that had a lot to do with our strength of schedule and our RPI. We had a 13th ranked strength of schedule in the country and a 14th ranked RPI. So they take a lot of that into account, especially RPI. Um, and we had we had a good body of work at the end of the day. Um, so I don't think that they made a mistake here at all. I think that the other media that was out there talking about whether Auburn deserved it or not was kind of why a lot of us thought that we weren't going to get it. Yeah. You know, the sec tournament, I thought that similar to basketball, and this is probably completely errant way of thinking that losing in the first round of the baseball tournament was going to hurt our chances, but it didn't. So I'm looking at this list here memes and I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at the sec is well represented here, except for, um, that one school didn't make it. What what happened to them? Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, I feel like ever since the uh, the crane kick got invented over on the other side <laughs> of the state, just everything has just gone downhill. It's like they're literally off balance. So yeah, I mean, you know, you, you'd be shocked. I mean, judging from the months and months of um, insert bleep sound effect talking on Twitter from some of those folks, yeah, this this got to be just another devastating blow to just the overall uh i guess heart of that uh athletic program there because i mean i don't know is that is that little brother thing like i can't figure that out because i mean surely like surely not i mean surely the big brother doesn't watch the little brother in another postseason that they're not a part of so anyway that's got to be you know that's got to be rough but yeah the whole deal uh the whole deal with the uh the, the baseball tournament was just a rough blow and and i really to me, you're just very galaxy brain how I perceive all these things in sports. Like, throw the stat book out. 
The big problem here had to do with the weather. And okay. for my folks here, obviously Birmingham native and local, like I've studied this weather. I'm basically a meteorologist. Like I followed James Spann for a really long time. So like I'm kind of a protege, but you know, every season it's kind of like a roulette wheel. And in this, um, this particular spring, it has just been like six weeks of drought or just seven days of monsoon. And there's just no in between. And whatever the baseball gods deemed it was, this was the fill in the monsoon. We had just great spring weather. And it's like, no, we're going to really mess up the mojo of the SEC baseball tournament, which is horrific weather. Got all these games postponed and yada, da, da. Auburn also fell in the mix of that. It's like, I can't blame the guys for getting the rhythm thrown off, playing a wet field. And we know Auburn does not do well in bad weather, like across athletics. And when I say across athletics, I'm, I'm basing that on like, maybe four football games I can think of with the exception of 2009 West Virginia. Auburn doesn't like playing in the rain. That's, that's where we're putting it. We know this is a fact and I don't think baseball is any different. I really don't think we can hold that against them. And I, I can definitely echo on what you guys said with the, how the heck are we hosting a regional? I, I was shocked more than anybody just because I, I truly believe like Auburn cannot have nice things, especially when they're <laughs> external factors that are, controlling that so like i still haven't processed it like i'm still waiting for ashton to be hey we're your punks just kidding it's actually well, not happening well listen the the sec is well represented here nine teams from the sec made the ncaa baseball tournament yet alabama did not make it so we cannot have a complete conversation about this without our resident stat expert brandy completely crapping on them from a statistical standpoint about how bad it was that they missed the tournament brandy give us some stats here tell us tell us how bad this is from a statistical standpoint yeah so alabama finished below 500 in conference play they Terrible. were a rated 50 rpi Awful. and all of the sec teams that did make it into the postseason were undefeated against teams with an rpi of 200 plus or worse and mm. alabama had two losses to a team with an RPI of 200 plus or worse and against teams with an RPI rated from one to 25, they were seven and 17. So those are really bad. Um, they had some <laughs> sounds, really bad losses awful. and Bums. just because they swept Ole Miss and they won a series against Arkansas, that does not mean that's their full body of work. They had some really bad losses and at the end of the day, they just weren't good enough to get into the NCAA tournament. And for any fan that's an Alabama fan out there that thought that they had a chance, like, did you guys read anything or actually follow your team to think that? Because no fan that has been following this team should have thought that they deserve to be in this tournament. Right. Listen, um, you got to live in reality at the end of the day. And I thought the stat that you read was interesting about how all the teams that made the tournament had were undefeated against teams with an RPI of 200 or worse. And they had two losses on their record versus teams with terrible RPIs. And so, you know, it just is what it is at the end of the day. I mean, God, even Alabama, Alabama state made it. Uh, <laughs> so we had an Alabama make it. It was just Alabama state that made it. So shout out to them. This is pretty amazing. Auburn is, on this everything school track right now uh, i saw a graphic that listed out where all our spring sports are ranked it's pretty remarkable we'll have so many programs ranked in the top 20 uh, uh they've done really well here so hoping for a good showing now i want to talk about i want to pivot a little bit and talk about 
the format of the tournament. So similar to basketball, we've got 60-ish teams, right? 64 teams that get in the tournament. It looks like we're going to play southeastern Louisiana in the first round. Uh, Brandy, break us down again for the fans at home. If you're new to baseball, what that looks like. I believe we we said uh, pre-pod that this was a double elimination round. Yep, yep. It's a double elimination round. So Auburn, or so the first game that's going to happen in the Auburn Regional this weekend is going to be Florida State and UCLA, UCLA are going to play each other. Okay. That happens at 11 a.m. Central on Friday. At 6 p.m. Central on Friday, Auburn and Southeastern Louisiana are going to play each other. They haven't released actually the schedule yet for Saturday for times or anything like that. But basically, Auburn will then play the winner of the next game whenever that takes place um, on Saturday. So that's essentially the way it works. Basically, if Auburn just wins three games, we can win our regional. And that and that's the goal. Um, so kind of going into the other side of the bracket that we're paired with, because um, that kind of goes into super regionals. So since Auburn is a 14 seed, there's 16 total national seeds. And if we're paired with the Corvallis Regional, which is Oregon State. They're the host of that regional. If Oregon State, which is the second or the sorry, the third national seed, I believe, in the country, um, if they end up winning that regional and Auburn wins our regional, Auburn will then travel out to Oregon to Corvallis and play Oregon State. But if another team in that regional ends up winning, for example, Vandy, they're the second seed in the Corvallis Regional, then Auburn if we do win, we become that higher seed and we would actually host a super regional. So we should be cheering for Auburn, obviously, this weekend to win our regional. But then we should also cheer for another team like Bandy or even one of the other two teams um, in that regional to win and beat Oregon State. So we have the possibility to host a super regional. That would be ideal. Um, after super regionals, which breaks the basically breaks down the whole field from 64 total teams to 16 teams. After Super Regionals, if we get past that point, there are eight teams left, and every game from that point on is played in Omaha. Okay, I see. So the goal is make it to o Omaha, but if we're watching, if you're an Auburn fan and you're watching, you are rooting for Auburn to win and Oregon State to lose because more baseball will be played in Auburn if that happens. Uh, Auburn and Oregon State are the only ranked teams in that in that part of our regional bracket right so we're 14 oregon state is three everybody else doesn't have a number by their name so that's how that works oregon state advances and we meet them they're gonna host right if uh they lose yeah. then we're gonna host so uh this is this is exciting stuff man I, I just think i remember a time where baseball wasn't good at auburn Basketball wasn't good at Auburn. Gymnastics was not good at Auburn, guys, when I was in school. And now we're talking about all these sports being good at the same time. Gymnastics makes the Final Four. Uh, you know, the, the uh, baseball team has a chance to do something special. And, and we all know these tournaments are, are about getting hot at the right time. Now, uh, to kind of close out this segment, I want to talk a little bit about is Auburn go baseball going the way of Auburn basketball? And getting cold at the right time, at the wrong time. So it feels like we're kind of getting cold at the wrong time a little bit here, doesn't it? Yeah, I I kind of had that same sentiment. And I think that's why a lot of people were surprised we were even hosting. Because we ended up losing two games at Kentucky. And then the only game we played in the SEC tournament, we lost to them. We ended up tying the game up with a Sonny DiCiera 
home run, which was awesome. That if you have not seen that, I highly recommend going and watching the replay of that home run. But mm. right after that, in um, the next inning, Kentucky hit two solo back-to-back home runs. So that kind of sucked. Um, there's a saying that I said it felt like this. I said it felt like Jabba, which is just Auburn being Auburn. Yep. Um, and that's exactly what that game felt like. But, I mean, Memes talks about this at the beginning, though. The SEC tournament was – it was just a cluster. Like, it was it was bad with the weather involved, the way that the operational aspect of it went. We were supposed to play that game the day before. So, I kind of am marking that out of our history. But um, I think having – this regional and being able to ho- like being able to host it and not actually travel somewhere is going to play a, a huge role in this. So I, I think it's a little bit different from basketball because with basketball, we were on the road for our first postseason game and now we'll be at home with baseball. So we are facing two, we are potentially going to be facing two good teams in UCLA and FSU. Um, but the good thing is with UCLA, they've been playing baseball on the other side of the country and they're going to be coming down South and, one of the hottest times of the country down here um, of the year down here. So that's an advantage that we'll have because we've been playing in this type of weather year round. Um, as for Florida state, they're not as good this year as they usually are historically. Um, it's kind of funny too, that they were put into our regional because usually when we do make the postseason, we aren't hosting and we are traveling. And a lot of times we end up getting put in the FSU regional. So a lot of people who've kept up with Auburn baseball kind of got a crack out of that, that, um, FSU is traveling to us this time, but it's our turn to beat them in a regional that we're hosting. So hey, listen, it definitely is our turn. Memes, final thoughts. I, I got a weird, I got a weird parallel here because you okay. kind of brought up the basketball correlation and very similar to kind of how the SEC tournament went. Kentucky, which was the bottom seed in baseball, ended up going all the way to the semifinals in a very similar team of destiny esque trajectories AM did in basketball SEC tournament. So anyway, just similar parallel there, maybe question mark a team that really wasn't supposed to perform very well, made a big run and happened just to be that Auburn was on the beginning of the bloodbath there. Don't know if that, uh, that correlates or not, but uh, just something I looked at when I was comparing the brackets. Hmm. Well, team of, I, team of destinies aren't doing so hot, or well, we're not doing too hot against them. Well, again, I'll tell you, it these tournaments are all about getting hot at the right time. So, uh, hopefully, those guys are finding something they can shake off what happened. Uh, like you guys were saying, the weather and the SEC tournament was just kind of like a weird set of circumstances. We didn't play the game on the day we were supposed to play it, uh, and it threw everything off. I hope that this is where coaching comes in where you have to get your team to hit the mental reset button. And now it's trying to be one and oh every day to get through a tournament. Just got to get to the next game. So double elimination, definitely looking forward to seeing what Auburn is doing uh, in baseball. It's going to be really exciting to watch. So keep your eyes on that. We're going to cover that in next week's podcast as well to see kind of see where we end up there. Uh, Before we move on to this next topic, quick word from our sponsors. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. 
All right, guys. So we are now entering the second half of the podcast with one of my favorite topics, and that is Jabari Smith praise and Gonzaga slander. So the NBA draft is coming. The NBA draft is next month. I think June 23rd is the date of the NBA draft. And it looks like the odds are the Orlando Magic are going to take Jabari Smith number one overall in the NBA draft. This is a much debated topic. It seems like the clear front runners are the kid from Duke, Paulo Banchero, if I butchered his name, excuse me, Chet Holmgren <laughs> and Jabari Smith. Brandy, hop in here, Miss Stat Girl. Tell us, tell us a little bit about how the odds have changed on Jabari Smith going number one overall. Per Vegas odds, before the NBA lottery happened, Jabari and Chet were both around the same odds. They were both around plus one fifteen for Jabari, and Chet was at plus one twenty five. So Chet's odds were just slightly longer, and Paolo was around plus four hundred. Um, he did start off around plus eight hundred until Duke made their final four run, and his odds got a little bit shorter. Um, but after the NBA lottery happened, um, Jabari Smith has now become a clear favorite. I actually just pulled up the odds per FanDuel, and Jabari is minus 280 per FanDuel to go number one overall, and Chet is plus 230 to go number one overall. So that means Jabari is favored over Chet, and Paolo is now plus 1,500. So even longer odds now for Paolo, too. Wow, um, plus fifteen hundred, huh? Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, um, Vegas is usually pretty spot on when it comes to drafts and who's going to be number one overall. At least, um, at least they were when it was NFL draft. They have some pretty good odds out there right now for the NHL draft that's going to happen soon. And Vegas knows what they're doing with this stuff. So, I would at this point, per Vegas, I'd be pretty surprised to see Chat go over Jabari to the Magic. I think Jabari. I don't want to say it's a lock, but I'm pretty confident Jabari's going to go number one overall. Yeah, I just don't know how in your right mind you could look at the skill sets of these two kids and pick Chet Holmgren over Jabari Smith at this point. Now, Memes, you are king of Chet Holmgren slander. Um, we've been waiting on this. We've been waiting on this all night. This is, this is your moment. This is your time spotlight. to shine. Uh Walk me through it here. I mean, you followed him statistically throughout the season. Felt like he was overrated against better competition. He's going to see nothing but that better competition at the NBA level. Is is Chet Holmgren seriously in this discussion for number one overall pick? Yeah, I mean, it was bizarre. And I mean, the the first, I mean, let's be real. The first, the first red flag immediately came with like, if you've got the superstar, and then you're just getting just absolutely steamrolled by Alabama out there on the court, like red flag. Like I, I don't think Jabari lost Alabama twice. I don't think Chet could say that at all. So that was my first red flag. So naturally as the season progresses, these Gonzaga guys were just like really on that Kool-Aid and let's be real, Mike, me and you both agree that Drew Timmy's a baller. Like would, like that guy's a beast, and I will still say, and I think you totally agree with me on this. Like Drew Timmy was the lifeblood of that team. He was the heart of that squad, for yeah. Sure. And, and when that team lost to St. Mary's, like that was because Drew Timmy had the worst game ever. Like just couldn't. I mean, dude couldn't make anything that game, and the whole team fell apart. And that's kind of how you really tell like who's the lifeblood of the team is 
all right, if this person's having an off night and the entire team comes to suffer, then that's how you know, like, all right, that's the guy. Right. I just never really believed Chet was the guy for Gonzaga. Now, he was definitely a role player, and he played his position well and did some things a little atypical that you would see a player who's over – how tall How tall was Chet? Was he 7'2"? Anyway. Uh, I don't know his measurables. Who was yeah. the other kid? Real quick before you go on, who was the other kid for Gonzaga, the guard? Um. Oh, man. Andrew Nimhard? No. Nimhard. Was that Nim- him? Yeah, Nimhard. I think it's okay. Nimhard. Yeah. And when he had a good game, they were a tough team to beat for sure. But, like, if him and Timmy were both having off nights, I don't know that there were any clear examples of Chet Holmgren just taking over a game when those dudes were off. And I think that we have we can we saw that with Jabari last year, where he just took over completely on nights where uh, you know we had guys shooting one for fourteen, like really bad shooting nights, and Jabari would just get hot. I think at the beginning of the season he tried to be a good teammate, and then as the season went on, he realized he was going to have to take over games at at some points because you know we've had we had when Wendell was off. Right. And, um, uh, well, I mean, if Jabari was selfish and was taking those shots, I mean, it was like, that was, that was the spark plug to the team. Right. When it was just like, all right, everybody's off. Jabari's like, throw it to me. And he just made these shots. Like, oh, that's unguardable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Buckets. Right. And yeah. So I think kind of what you're getting at is you didn't really see as much of that with Chet at Gonzaga. Now, when he would make really good plays, it was like they were up. 15 points you know yeah when it didn't, didn't matter the yeah. game wasn't on the line like right. show me show me where the game was on the line and they went to chet holmgren for the game winning shot to make a play they played around him in those moments but to the to the stats that i was so infamously famous for and made a lot of enemies for online when i was pushing these out kind of february uh march time it was most definitely that if you looked at his performance versus ranked teams versus teams of a very low caliber, and we know that they're, you know, they don't have the best of divisional opponents out West during the main season. And Gonzaga had that inverted season where they played the tough ball in the fall and the pretty easy stuff in the winter spring, which kind of the opposite of most everybody else. I mean, Chet's performance drastically fell off, but his numbers were inflated against teams that were really bad who we, you know, obviously we don't mean things that we say online, like high school teams, for example, but teams of a lower caliber to where the gym might be confused with that of a high school gym. And right. yeah, I mean, he's just balling on people there and like, yeah, the dude's got some ability. I mean, he's definitely will can play in the NBA. He'll get drafted. But when he was up against guys that played physical ball, that most definitely like you could see the mass drop off. And I mean, also let's be real. Like the dude's a foot taller than me, but I I probably have geez, probably 60, 70 pounds on him. Yeah. Like he's just built so small. I mean, look at these guys in the NBA, like they're big physical guys. And like that kind of matchup there, like if you can't put on some weight to really like out muscle them, especially when you're a big man out there. Like that's got to be a little bit nervous when you're I mean, at the core thing, at the end of the, the most basic thing we're getting drafted is like what are your measurables and what is the what is the measurable that pretty much is consistent across sport is your, like your weight and 
that is something to me that I'm like, okay, I don't, I mean, he's still a young kid and has room to grow, but like, I just don't know, especially when you're a big man, like you can get bodied out there. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely some concern that just came up during the season of basketball that you just absolutely did not have with Jabari at all. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I Brandy chime in here. Chet Holmgren, you know, I've heard them talk about his unique skill set. Like he's got like a unique, he will be a unique type of player. But normally you can look at kids like Jabari and Banchero and, and, and see how they fit in the mold of already successful NBA players, right? You can look at somebody, you know, um, Jabari, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Jason Tatum type where he can shoot the three. Uh, you know, if he gets a little better with his handles, he can take you to the hole. He's got the size. He's long, lanky. He can rebound. He can do just dunk on you. He can do everything out there. What, what is, who is Chet like? What is Chet, what is Chet Holmgren's? Explain to me what a Chet Holmgren is. Yeah, I, you know, he, he is different in the way that he plays basketball. I will say some positive things about him. I think he does okay. do a good job of protecting the rim. Um, and he has some good rebounding skills and I think he does have a high quality basketball IQ, but one memes already said this, like his size is going to be a massive problem in the modern NBA era. And I think one of the reasons why the magic is likely going to take Jabari is because he can space the floor as a three point shooter very well. You know, he creates his own offense and he's also very versatile on defense too. He has lots of length on defense, which is, is big in the NBA. Um, honestly, you know, I'm not really sure who I would compare Chet to that's like currently out there. Um, cause he is, he is just so different. If he can find uh, an organization that can actually like put some muscle and meat on his body, he, I think he has a better chance, but Jabari's ceiling is just so much higher, especially on the offensive side of the floor than Chet's is that it's, it's almost like a no brainer for the magic. Um, and with the Thunder picking second, I actually do think Chet Chet's a better fit um, with the Thunder than he is with the Magic just in general. But, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's hard for me to find a comparison when I think of Chet. It's easy for me to find a couple of comparisons when I think about Jabari, and they're good comparisons too. Um, Brandy, you know, I, got a shot, I got a shot comparison I want to ask you your opinion on between okay. the two of them. <laughs> And, and obviously, Jabari's just that mid-range jumper he has is an NBA-ready shot. He's had it all season. We saw that and we're like, wow, can't stop that. Just incredible. I mean, it's just, it was so, I mean, it was just like cutting butter with a warm knife. You just watch it and be like, man, that is just so smooth. And Chet's shot that he was known for was definitely just an odd amount of three-point shots taken by a center. Personally, I just don't think one of the two of those is going to translate in the NBA. Do okay. you agree? Disagree? Oh, oh, oh Mike. Oh, yo, let me jump in here on this one. Let, okay, let me jump in here on this one. Now, I said this on our show earlier this week that the new age NBA big man can shoot. Yeah, hundred percent. You got guys in the NBA like Al Horford, Al Horford, who can bang down low, get rebounds, but can also stretch the floor. And it makes those teams harder to guard because they draw your big men out to the perimeter. 
and you have to guard them out there because if you leave them open, they can knock down open threes. It's tough. Now, what Memes pointed out about essentially his three-point shooting versus terrible competition, but when it mattered, he was not good beyond the arc. And that's going to be every night in the NBA. And that's what I'm trying to get at is, is a team going to fall for that and be like, oh, God, we got a big man who can shoot the deep ball, which is especially in, you know, modern NBA basketball, a very growingly coveted thing that they're going to want. But you notice in a lot of these shots, and college hadn't qualified. Oh, my gosh. College has not caught up with that at all, especially with a true five. And in a lot of those deals, it's almost – and you really saw with Walker a lot with Auburn. But, I mean, you can see it across college basketball. Like, the coaches are like, yeah, let them take that – give them that shot. Like, they're probably going to – like, statistically, that's probably going to miss. And their best rebounder is now all the way out beyond the arc. So, yeah, let them take that shot. So, in college, you're seeing those shots get more open especially when the big men try to take him, And you noticed with him, too, if you watch some of those games, he had a lot of wide-open looks out in the arc, which any talented – I mean, these guys are talented basketball players. Even some of the guys who aren't as good, they're playing college basketball. They are still elite guys. Like, if they're open, they're going to make shots. It's the difference there is when they get guarded at the tough level, which, as we mentioned, it gets higher competition. In college, it dropped and as mike just said there's higher competition in the nba obviously so is that ability going to necessarily translate Mm, it's going to be rough for him i think yeah i think it's going to be rough for him but the numbers that brandy gave us are telling now if you're not a betting person um when a person has a minus number by their odds that's generally a good thing and once you get into the pluses that means that person is more of a long shot so between Duke's guy and Jab- uh, 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 Jabari, who is – give us the numbers again, Brandy. Um, Jabari is minus 2-something, two 280. Yeah, yeah. Jabari's minus 280, Chet's plus 225, and Paolo Bancaro is plus 1,500. Everyone else after that isn't worth mentioning. Right. Now, if I'm, if I'm correct, that means a $10 bet on Banchero – to get drafted number one overall would pay you $150. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that same bit, $10 on Jabari would win you like eight bucks. Yeah. You'd win like, two, yeah, like $2 and eight, 86 or something <laughs> like that. Right. And then like, on chat, you'd win like $25 or, or 2250, something like that. Yeah, yeah. About two and a half times your money. If you bid on chat. Yeah. So, I mean, they think it's so likely they're not even paying out any money if you bet on Jabari. Yeah. Unless you got in like I did at plus 115 and then it started going down and I got back in at plus 100. So because I believed in Jabari and because I'm also a homer sometimes. And and that's obviously (laughs) meaning that a lot of people across the nation have been betting on Jabari to take that set of adjust those odds. Yeah. Yeah. that, That does mean that as well. So a lot of, a lot of not only people, but probably also sports books are putting money on Jabari as well. Um, yeah, well, took it, took it I think nice that as more information becomes available, the closer we get, you get rewarded for being ahead of what most people are just finding out now. And instead, Jabari Smith is the best player in this draft. So there may have been some question about it two months ago. So if you got your bid in early, you got great odds on something that, you know, if you were paying attention to these kids all season, it wasn't a long shot bet to say Jabari Smith is probably going to be the number one overall pick. 
So well, what does uh, that mean I, for Auburn though? Like, I mean, that's got to be huge. It's yeah. It's I actually massive. talked about this on a a Twitter thread. We're gonna join. I want to say one of three schools that have had a number one overall NFL pick, a number one overall MLB pick, and a number one overall NBA pick. So I know UCLA and LSU have definitely had that. I don't remember if there is another school or not, but I know for a fact LSU and UCLA have had that. So obviously Cam Newton, number one overall for Auburn NFL. For MLB, we had Casey Mize go number one overall for um, in the MLB draft. And now we have the possibility of Jabari. And it's looking very likely now that he'll go number one overall in NBA draft. That Hang is like the massive. banner. Hang the banner. That's Hang the banner. That's everything. Name. We just need an everything school banner. Just that's that's right there. That's the start. Well, well, hey, listen, I'm excited. Brandy's excited. Memes is excited. Auburn's in everything school. We'll be watching the draft and back here on the Auburn Express to talk about the results of the NCAA baseball tournament as well as the NBA draft when our boy Jabari gets picked number one overall. We'll be rubbing it in Bammer's faces. Anyway, guys, listen, I appreciate you guys joining me tonight. Tune into the Auburn Express podcast weekly for your daily dose of Auburn sports content. Guys, we're signing off as always. You are now now listening listening to to